What are you baking? Well, it's funny you say that. I like, I took a, as my friends called, a laurel nap this afternoon. Um, there, a I'm laurel sure, what? A laurel nap. Nap, okay. And there are three rules to the laurel nap. One is you're not allowed to get under the covers. <laughs> just have, like, just a, a, uh, guests, like, coats, and jackets. <laughs> Exactly. Or a light blanket. <laughs> um, but no no disturbing the covers. I make my bed every morning. I don't I make my bed to take a nap. Two, you have to set an alarm. There's none of this. I'm just going to sleep. Like, Na- nap roulette? Sleep. Yeah, no. Like, who who has that kind of time? And then three, you have to have a reason to get up. Like, there has to be something like you, like, sometimes it's like you have an HEB grocery pickup or whatever. We were recording this podcast. So it was like, okay. Like, so you have to have some sort of structured thing that like forces you to actually get out of bed or else like mm-hmm. just, you're, you're not going to do it. So anyway, I woke up and I was like, ooh, I have this like good chunk of time before Ryan and I are going to record. Um, and so I baked, I had fed my sourdough starter overnight. And so I have some sourdough dough now like rising. And in the interim, I used the sourdough discard, the sourdough starter discard to bake sourdough chocolate chip cookies, which oh. are just like fantastic. So those just baked and then I chopped up things for dinner and stuff. So I was very productive. So when you were like, can we push this back 30 minutes? I was like, yes. Chop, 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 chop. <laughs> so um, it, it, well, I, I proposed the first time you were like, sure. No, no. Uh, oh my God. What is an exclamation point called? An exclamation point. Like an exclamation punctuation? punctuation. Yeah. It's like, what? I couldn't think of that word. I was like, but you just did, sure, no pr- pr- punctuation. And then I was like, can we push it back a little bit? And you're like, sure, exclamation points. So I was like, okay, I think oh. we're good. I think the first one that you sent me, I was actually watching the episodes. And so mm-hmm. I just dashed it off really quickly. I was like, sure. Yeah. I, w- I will be 100% honest. I did not watch the cold close to the second episode because I was like, let's just, let, I just went and did the thing. Oh. Yeah, well, I, I I actually remember it. I feel like I never remember cold closes. Also, is this the first time you and I both watched the episodes on the day that we recorded, like a long time? <laughs> Probably, uh, possibly. I think it's definitely we were. It's definitely the first time we've watched them like very close to each other. I think there's been things where like I watch them in the morning or during lunch, and then you watch mm-hmm. them right before, you know. But we were watching them pretty much simultaneously. Um, yeah. And so I just got back from Plano and big family thing because one of my nephews graduated high school and, and i saw his party on instagram tara was posting about it i was like this party is amazing yeah i mean it was but also my sister was like the night before like most of that got started and done and i was like you gotta stop doing like she puts too much on her plate all the time and i'm just like you gotta you gotta relax like we're very different in that like when i get overwhelmed my i'm like kind of shut down and start like canceling things and i'm like i need Mm. to not have anything to do and when she gets overwhelmed like she grabs more things but i don't just want to say it that way because it 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 feels like there's a misunderstanding of what she's doing there i think she gets more things that she knows she can do and so there's like a control thing there of like my control thing is is i handle less stuff so that i know i can control what i have on my Mm -hmm. plate hers is to gain more stuff she knows she can control and it feels good to be like i can do this and i can do this and i can do this but it also ends up with like way too much to do and i just like i can't it's it's one thing we're very different about so when we we stopped by and gave my nephew his present the night before and then I, we were like talking to the family. I like look around. I'm like, where's Kim? And I go in the back room and she's like, I have to print out these posters. I have to make the t-shirts. I have to make the uh, slideshow. And I'm like, so you're not going to sleep tonight. Well, I, Tara said that. Tara said, so you're not going to sleep tonight. She's like, probably not. And I'm like, okay, great. Got to go. <laughs> I'm I'm stressed out talking to you about this. Yeah. 
I have too much I could talk about on that topic that it, it would be too much about my job. So I'm not going to. I also. On that road, but. Yeah. I also feel like you. Having li- have done something like a sorority, like in your case, a sorority, I feel like you've probably met people like this. Like I can't, mm-hmm. like, you know, I don't think my sister, I think my sister might've been in like a group that was like a sorority, but she went to Trinity and I don't think they had sororities. Was she in a sorority? I don't know. My mom was an AKO. But anyway, um, my sister, like, I think she's just, you know, I, I if she was in a sorority, she would be a VP of something. Mm-hmm. No question. Yeah. It's maybe multiple things. It, it's also like the, for me, part of the issue is the lack of delegation. Like somebody else could have taken on any one of those tasks for something. And, but like, Doing it all herself. It's like yeah, it's else could have also helped you with some of this. Um, I mean, not to get too deep into it, but it was interesting when I had a big breakthrough at therapy that you know my family is all about control issues, mm-hmm. and we all—it's just we all deal with them in different ways. Like, you know, my dad and I kind of like sometimes will shut down so that like there's less for us to control to worry about controlling. Mm-hmm. And my sister's like, she has to control certain things. And like, I've worked very hard to be like, no, I can't do anything about this. But like, if something comes up, like I get real, like, you know, I don't want to say confrontational, but I get like real, like anxiety driven about it. But like I said, when she starts saying, I have all this stuff to do, I'm like, I'm going to go home. Good- goodbye. Yeah. Cause it's kind of like, you're also doing this to yourself. Yes. And, and is it a form of like martyrdom? Like, does she want everybody to be like, oh, look how busy you are. Look at all of the work you did. You stayed up all night. Mm, I don't get that so much from okay. her. Now, believe me when I say there's martyrdom that runs in my family. And now I feel like we're getting a little too like close to stuff. That's not fun for me to put on, on, you know, yeah, a podcast, that's, that's but a podcast I, about psychiatry. I, though. I, I think it is. <laughs> She collects like because like she's like, oh, I have they have two cats and they have a dog and then she like fosters dogs and like she does all this stuff. And I'm just like, what are you doing? And and I I will say she does call me to kind of like complain about how much she has to do sometimes, but it doesn't feel like martyrdom. And she tells me because she knows like I'm always like, you know, what my first response is you need to get rid of one of these things. And she's mm-hmm. like, well, no, I can't do that. And I'm like, okay, so let's talk about like the second thing, which is, man, that sucks. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. And I also, there's definitely a, a role to play in people's lives, which is to be, just be the person that they vent to and don't and mm-hmm. not try to like find a solution. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a little bit of that. I, 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 don't, I don't get the martyrdom thing from her. I think that's good. She, it's, it's more of a, she's, that's the personality. She likes to do a bunch of stuff and, you know, she she's she's just very particular about certain things. So I'm a little like out, and we'll obviously mm-hmm. drop that because my last name. But I'm I'm done with family. So then coming back and playing this episode, that's all about like family, like overstepping their their boundaries, which I will say was not a problem this trip. But I was very much like this is not the episodes I wanted to watch when I came back. Yeah, no, I can see how this, you were like, <laughs> I just escaped this. Yes. And, um, before, that, that was such a good tie into the episode. So I, I hesitate to just talk about something that I was going to bring up. But I mean, I don't know. Should, maybe I'll save it for the end. You want to save it for the end? Okay, I'll save it for the end. Keep it uh, keep it on the back burner. We'll jump it in somewhere. We'll go ahead and, and, and jump in. Uh, hello, Seattle. I'm very tired, Ryan. 
I'm Laurel. And we're the Craniacs. We get together and, and listen to Ryan's family issues as if it was his therapy section session. But also Obviously, we talk about Frasier. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I imagine you in the uh is it Lucy in the peanuts that's like psychi the psychiatrist I mean, is in. Like Yes, and uh, I don't take insurance. So <laughs> Exactly. Um but yes, we are talking about Frasier and I'm gonna let Laurel because I've noticed whenever I hesitate on the episode you jump in. So go ahead and let us know what the, what the episode is today. Yeah, we are covering season nine, episodes 12 and 13. It's a two-parter um, entitled Motherload. Now, it's funny because this is absolutely a two-parter. I feel like sometimes our two-parters are long episodes that get divided up on Hulu. But this, this these aired on two distinct dates. January. Oh, they, didn't air, they didn't air the same night? Nope. They, they aired on January 8th and January 15th of 2002. Um, okay. I'll go ahead and read both of them because I feel like they were really close together. I mean, if, if you don't mind, we could just kind of play it as one big storyline. Yeah. No, I think, that's, I think that's wise. So uh, for the Motherlode Part 1, the arrival of Daphne's mother derails her plans to move in with Niles. Fraser gets into a war with his upstairs neighbor over a parking spot. And then Motherlode Part 2, now that Daphne's father has left Mrs. Moon, she can't bear to return home, so she decides to stay with Niles, while Daphne and Simon are staying at Frasier's. Simon's boorish behavior is too much for Frasier, and he throws him out. Um, Simon is a, a cartoon at this point, correct? Like, he's just stumbling, or like, it looks like it almost they got a different actor, and like that actor's like, I'm gonna go over the top. Like, he's not like, oh, I'm kind of a fun British guy who drinks a lot. He's like, like one step away, like he's like stumbling and like jerking around, like he's just got like the shakes from drinking too much alcohol. I don't know what's going on with this character. Well, and there's he's just the exact same person doing the exact same jokes he did when he came in for Daphne and Donnie's wedding, mm -hmm. like not remembering women's names. Um, you know, he called Roz Rose. Did he ever like, do that before? What call Roz? Has Rose? he ever called Roz Rose before? And I just don't remember. I think he's he, no. I think before he would just never remember her name. Right. And I mean, he stood her up for dates and stuff, and just d doing the typical like layabout, taking advantage of mooching off of people and things. That when they came back in, I was like, he's doing the exact same thing, and it wasn't very funny last time. I actually wrote down when Simon walked in. Oh no, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I I think I wrote something too. I've I wrote no, I didn't write anything for him. I I there was a couple of things. That like were Simon lines that I wrote like Jesus like after he said them because everyone was like Simon will hook up with anything that moves and he's like they don't have to be moving and oh I was like gosh. oh my god I yes that uh, did not age well <laughs> didn't know like why was that why was that even in the, in the episode in the first place I just well, I don't I don't know I, I wrote that with these the the British characters like they get a lot of I don't know why they've decided with these characters to do this but it's the the humor I wrote vulgar and I don't know if it's vulgar is the word I'm looking for but it's really boorish and I I mm -hmm. think I pulled that from the IMDb thing but like these two characters are it's it's like they feel out of place like if they did a spin-off with like the moons it'd be like closer to married with children in England than I think Frasier you know like they're all just I, I I hate them. I hate them. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. And I think also, and granted, I mean, I've been to England a few times, but most of the British people I interact with are through my television or a movie. And I feel like you always think of British people as being slightly more reserved than right. 
Daphne's mom is. And maybe it's because she's like, well, Daphne's my daughter. This is family. I'm going to just be myself. Or maybe her mom is just like that person over in England. I don't, I don't know. I, these characters were so unlikable. I feel like when they first entered the series that I'm like, why did, I mean, I understand you have to have conflict on a show, but like, why did you bring them back? <laughs> it's just, they're like, Arthur Doolittle from My Fair Lady, like living in the gutter or whatever. Do you remember that at all? Oh my, I've seen My Fair Lady like once. I, that, that, I, that's not, it's not. It was Henry, one of. Who's? Oh, Henry Higgins. Henry Higgins is the guy. Arthur Doolittle is, is uh, Aubrey oh, Hepburn's dad. And okay. like the one who's like, you can take my daughter and like rehabilitate her, but you have to pay me. Like, and so she finds out later and it's kind of part of the like her issue i think with henry higgins anyway but like he's like that he's like you're gonna i'm gonna have to give me some money he's like in the the gutter and he's like like gonna go to the pub like it's just like the most like effing dick van dyke's like british person is way more subtle than you know simon than the moons at this point like it's just like she makes a comment later where she's like talking about you go through life with children hanging off your teats. And I'm like, yeah. what is going on? What is this? Who wrote this? Like, which I imagine, like, I want to see the writer's room and they're like, what are we going to do today? And it goes through everybody. And then there's like this British guy who looks like Simon in the corner, like, oh, how about we bring back the moons? And they're like, not this week, you know? <laughs> and it's like, finally, we're like, oh, God, we've run out of ideas. All yeah. right, all right. Let Nigel write another episode. He's like, all right then. <laughs> he's like dusting his hands off. Yeah, um, he, well, he's, he's dusting well, chimney flue like soot from his hands. Uh, it, what's funny that you say that these episodes aired in January and February is a sweeps month. So I almost wonder if they were like, oh, let's just get to like yeah. maybe they had some big because we're getting to the part where I'm fuzzy as to like what comes next in the plot of the show and like, and maybe like, okay, look, we just have some good stuff coming up for February. So we just got to fill some. <laughs> well, <laughs> I wonder if, I mean, is she, is she with them for a while? Like, because the, the way the, the second episode ends is I mama moon is still there. Seem to recall that I recall her being in the series more than what we have seen so far. Right. And As so how long that and, and whether it's now or if she comes back in later seasons, like, I don't I don't know. Well, I wonder if we're building up to because we've never seen Daddy Moon, have we? Daddy Moon, Daddy Moon Mama Moon and Daddy Moon. Papa Moon. Papa Moon. Um, we we have we haven't. I And I don't know if we do, to be honest. Yeah. Well, I mean, that could be something that they, they're building up to is having him come on and have it be some respected British actor. Who is yeah. who is playing down? It would be awesome if they did like a uh, uh, Mr. Darling, where it's Anthony Lapaglia plays the father, <laughs> like with a mustache or something. Oh yes, yes. Like who just the... plays a completely different version. I don't know. Who are the darlings? Uh, from Peter Pan. I was thinking Captain Hook and and. The... Oh 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 yes oh oh are they are they supposed to be the same person? It's typically the same actor. Oh, in in plays like live action ones yeah well even in um the disney version like they're drawn different but it's the same voice actor i believe it's some tradition of like you know it's it's interesting to me that they don't like ever dive into that more about the villain always being the father or something like that like i'm sure there's papers done on it i just haven't seen but yeah yeah you typically uh the actor who plays uh captain hook also plays mr darling you know how i bet has done a paper on it is Professor Sean Griffin at SMU. 
Mm, I was about to say, I say, I don't think that's gay enough of a topic. And I mean that in the nicest way possible because he does a lot of stuff about uh, the queer history of, of, of Disney. In fact, I've got his book on it. Tinkerbells and Evil Queens, I believe. Yeah, Check that sounds right. Tinkerbells um, spelled B-E-L-L-E-S. I do think you need to get him on your podcast. I reached out to him and told him that we oh. talked about him on the podcast and he was just like, cool, it's good to hear from you. Like, uh, like clearly was like, you don't remember me. Like, was like, awesome. I'll never listen to that episode. <laughs> like, it wasn't mean, but it was very like, thank you very much. And I was like, okay. And <laughs> just kind of like walked oh, okay. away from it. I might, I might reach out again. Yeah. I'm still, um, also, maybe you need to mention me and be like, <laughs> you may remember <laughs> Laurel, who took your music? I think I did mention you. I think I talked about you and me, and there was someone else who had reached out and said something about him. And then I talked about our friend who read that book, and it was a very, like, uh, it was a big, it, it, it inspired him in a lot of ways because he's gone on. We just recently went to San Diego. He wrote a, um, play that that opened out there called 86 it was supposed to open before the pandemic and then that all happened he's it's something a book he got the rights to it's about the aids epidemic in 1986 um i I would say check it out but it's like i don't know how many even san diego people have but if you're in san diego check out 86 in the next few weeks we did not get to see it because when we got there a bunch of people got covid so they shut down the production so it was a real bummer but we still had a good time in san diego but that was kind of a bummer. And hopefully it's yeah. going to move to the East Coast uh, soon, but I'll keep everybody updated on that. But anyway, yeah. So he his whole like, that was one of uh, Professor Griffin's, one of his, bo- his books was kind of like looking into the like queer history of, uh, queer history in general. Like our friend Jeremy does, he's like, I don't really have much of like an, like he's not like I'm super Irish proud or like of his background, like, or this or this or this. So he's like very, queer pride and does a lot of stuff about that history he came on to do little mermaid and did uh oh how hans christian Anderson was gay yeah that one i listened to that episode it's very uh, good i it was so good um hold that thought i need to go fold fold my dough (laughs) not a euphemism (laughs) well it's just you and me now listeners so what do you guys want to talk about um AEW Double or Nothing happened recently this last weekend. Um, CM Punk is the new AEW World Champion. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I think he's had his run. I think he's doing a lot of good stuff in the company, but I don't know that putting the strap on him was the right move. Um, I'm curious if now he'll go heel. Uh, It looks like he's going to get together with FTR, which is one of my favorite tag teams. So we'll see if that kind of develops into anything. As always, Jade Cargill and Thunder Rosa are wonderful women's champions. Anyway, Loyal's back, so I'm going to act like I wasn't talking this whole time. Okay, bye. How was your dough? So I'm a little worried. I think I thought it was looking a little dry when I first was, you know, putting it together. And so I added just like a little bit more water. And now I'm worried that's like too wet. But, you know, here I we know, are. That's, I feel like it's, like it's like dry, 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 too wet, too wet. Yes. Yes. Um, can we talk a little bit about the what I thought was the fun what, what, the the, the storyline I enjoyed in this. Are, are, are you done talking about Daphne's family? Because I don't necessarily want to talk about Daphne's family, but I do want to talk about Niles and Daphne a little bit. I mean, we can, yeah, we can still talk about that. Did you think they're like inviting each other to move in was very cute? Because I did. I wrote down, oh, and like if, if there had been like a hidden camera while I was watching this, I like squealed. 
I I did a little too. So tickled. I I thought it was really cute. I was a little worried that it was. I, I was like, you know, trying to get ahead of it when he's like, when they were kind of like, I thought the humor was going to be they're not on the same page. Or Daphne's like, I will marry you or something, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was gonna be like, wait, what, you know? But apparently, it had. I like that they were both on the same page. I like that they were kind of like really giddy and like kids like we're gonna be moving in together like and, and really like coy about it when he's like you know you could just like keep all of your things here and she's like well mm-hmm. would you want me to keep all of these well would you want that and i was just like i love this so much i yeah i liked it a lot too i liked the bit with the whole like niles like bringing the thing in Roz is like what do you got in this bag he's like my ties like so he's like mm, that's the ties um also when he was like i i you know we wanted to bring stuff so we could prepare be prepared for just any situation so i formal semi-formal and just went through all the things oh i really i love it so much <laughs> i have a i don't have to bring my dark dressing gown oh but what if i wear i, I don't have to bring this dressing gown. oh what if i wear dark pajamas yeah that, <laughs> and that ross was really... like oh yeah because that would be crazy right but this so this brings up did you and tara or any any past relationship did y'all like keep a stash of things at each other's places before you know before you actually moved in together probably um not enough i mean i'm diabetic so i probably <laughs> was like can i keep some insulin here or something like that mm-hmm. but like um no i mean the the bigger thing was i remember when tara and i talked about moving in together i was a little hesitant because i had just gotten out of a relationship where we'd moved in together and then had gone sideways and you know that was a pain in the butt um I will say uh, the situation where it was – so I invited uh, – Tara was out somewhere. She was coming home, and I had been out imbibing. So I was like, why don't you come over? And she's like, I'm not going to get there for a while. So you have to stay awake. And I'm like, no, I'll stay awake. It'll be fine. And she, of course, gets there and bangs on the door, and I'm dead asleep with my phone on my chest. And I wake up mm-hmm. the next morning. I'm like, oh, man. And she left me this message that was like her very much standing up. For, she's like, I am not going to accept this. What you did was very inappropriate. Like, blah, 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 blah. Like, all this. Good for Tara. And so, like, I drove over to her place with a key to my place. And I'm like, I know this doesn't, this isn't like, hey, the next time this happens, just come in. But, like, yeah. here, like, you're what you can come in and out of my apartment anytime you want. Yeah, and I saved yeah. it on that because I remember very distinctly being like, "You're about to screw. You just blew this. Like, and mm-hmm. this is not good." So I was like, "I I have seen this face many times since this, but like the face when she opened the door and looked at me, I was like, hi. Like I was like, hello. Here's my key. I'm sorry. I would say your response though was very appropriate. Oh yeah, so, like I went. Yeah. St- I woke up and I was very hungover and went straight to Home Depot and got a copy of my key made and went like here. You, I'm like, I don't like, I, I was, I didn't want to say like, I just want to make sure it wasn't coming off as like, Hey, I don't know what you're complaining about. Next time just come in the house. Like, I'm like, mm-hmm. I shouldn't have done that. What I did was wrong. You know, it, it, but anytime, like you're now welcome anytime you want. And she was like, that's so sweet. And then she like did the same for me, but she was staying in like a super nice hotel. Like she was, she goes, I was making so little she money. Was not, that, she was not staying in a super nice hotel. Sorry. And super nice. Well, that's the thing is it felt like a hotel, a super nice oh, apartment. Okay. That had like, because hers, her, she was the like low one low income that they give it to her in mm-hmm. this nice place for like a, she she makes like she could say I make this much in a year and they're like okay you can stay in this apartment some I don't know what the, the, the at a reduced rent yeah, at a reduced so rent listeners in the DC area anytime new buildings like companies want to build a new building they had to allot a certain number right. of 
units for as like affordable housing. Right. So and she had an am- see, and it was like income based as like what you paid. So But she had like an amazing apartment and like and her key was like a stick that had like an RID chip in it and all this stuff. So like she goes later she's like I got one for you and I look at, I remember looking at her like how much did this cost? She's like Forty dollars or something like you did not need to do this. <laughs> like I was actually thinking that sounds fairly cheap. I was, Forty dollars, like a fancy. Maybe it might have been more like that, but it was it was it was an expensive. I think it was she thought she had lost hers and she got a new one. I found out later, but at the time I was like, you do not need to. Like I appreciate this, like you know, like you know, tit for tat type of thing that was like. You know, you did it, so I'm going to do it too. You know, you can come in whenever you want. I'm like, first of all, no, I can't because you have like a doorman and like yeah. you have all this stuff. <laughs> there are other barriers to entry, yeah. not having a key. Yeah, but anyway, um, I feel like leaving things at a significant other's place is always something that girls are very hesitant about because we have so much stuff. Well, like I think, a guy is yeah. like, I'm gonna leave a tooth. I'm gonna leave a toothbrush. Right. And like like we know. have the things to like basically make sure we don't stink as we leave the place. It's like deodorant, toothbrush. Yes. Yes. Whereas, and I remember when I started dating somebody in DC, and I was like, I'm like packing an entire backpack to go like over there, and I was like, and I asked my friend who is now married to the guy she was seeing, and I was like, like what what do you keep there? And she was like, well it's like it's really a challenge to not make it look like i have moved in just by virtue of how much stuff i have compared to him right but she was like i have a little tiny hair dryer i have a little tiny hair brush i should travel versions of all of her makeup and everything and i was like okay this is all seeming like a lot well let, let me ask you a question if if a guy you know you, you let's the whole scenario is you've you've started dating this guy and he's staying over i know uh laurel's mom and dad that that would never happen but in this crazy scenario but he has like a lot of stuff. He comes over and he's got a backpack full of like I, I don't know what's in it, but like let's say a bunch of like you know moisturizers and things and like you know a CPAP machine. No, um, like he comes over oh. with a bunch of stuff. And are you like oh, or is that like a a flag of some sort? I think it depends on the scenario. If it was like oh hey, come over here for the like we have a lot going on this weekend. Why don't you just stay here all weekend? You've no, di- no, no, no. You've discussed this. Like this is like oh, you know oh, this is his bag that he's going to leave. Over yeah, to you, stuff. yeah. Um. So my top concern is just when you mentioned all the like like moisturizers, all the facial care stuff. Is I'm just like, what would I don't know where I put all of that. Like I don't have it. When Daphne's mm. like, I cleared out two drawers for you. I'm like, I don't have a drawer I can clear out. I don't like. I feel like it's easy enough for guys room, to buy another dock like, kit. Well, Yes, yes. And I would be like, sure, you can keep a dock kit under my sink or something, but like I don't have I don't have counter space for for you. I mean I could look into like installing some extra shelving in my bathroom, but what if he comes with shelving? <laughs> He's like, I have to oh, set a key like, on the way something. over. <laughs> Thank you for planning ahead. And then he starts hanging wall art. You're like, what's going on? <laughs> oh yeah. Well at that point I would be like, excuse me, I'm very picky about my wall art, so we're I- not gonna I love, I mean, Niles' place in general just feels cavernous from what we can see from it. And the fact, you know, the fact that it's a studio set so that it always feels like it kind of like goes off. You know, like apartments in real life feel blocky and this feels like mm-hmm. it's opening up to bigger places. Oh, I just I think mean, it's like funny. The library that we've seen. Yeah, right. Exactly. And I just think it's funny that they even like talk, like they like, oh, well, I guess you could live here. And he's. <laughs> Like, of course you would live there. Why would, like, uh, this show would be a million, it would be interesting in the show if, like, Niles lost his apartment, he had to move into Daphne's room. Oh. I wonder I if that happens. Should, okay, I think 
man, someone should have written a spec script for this where it's like Niles' apartment is getting repainted or fumigated or something and he can't live there. And so he and Daphne go oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. at Frasers. That would be so good. Yeah, I think that's I think that's that's a small I, I I think that's something that could be a small episode or it could be like the last season as they have to move in with Frasier. Because I but, think you know, Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say I think Martin and Frasier living on themselves by themselves is not as like they're like oh we're gonna be by ourselves i'm like yeah but the audience is gonna see the whole like quintet together as as often as usual yeah and and so remember when daphne was getting married to donnie they were a lot more like wow things are really gonna change we're really gonna miss her around here you Mm -hmm. know she's not gonna be here as much and now daphne's been moving and i was like that's great oh yeah cool and i'm like yeah yeah yeah. y'all i mean yes i know now she's you know moving in with your brother, your son. So like, it's all, you know, you're going to see her all the time. But um, I was like, this is a big impact to your day-to-day lives. Like, is Daphne just going to wake up, like have breakfast with Niles and then go over to Fraser's That was my work? question. Is Martin still getting the physical therapy he needs? I, I, I want yeah. one of the last episodes to be, they do like a full body examination. They're like, everything's gotten worse. Like, because like <laughs> nothing's been done really. It's as though you haven't had physical therapy At for nine all. years. <laughs> Um, let's, let's, I, I have to talk about this because I, I love this new character they introduce mm-hmm. and, I, and I hope he comes back because he, he's the worst. So you, you, you know, I hate to do this. He does come back. Okay, good. <laughs> that, he, that's how much I want you to be happy about this. He was this. so, well, he was just like, because he's, he's Frasier 2.0 and he's like Frasier's foil, but it's not like. You know, like when you have things where it's like, oh, he's so different than our main character. He's so the same as our main character. He's just like a little bit more devious. And I yes. I loved it. Yes. He gives Frazier a taste of his own medicine. Um, So we were talking, of course, about Cam Winston. Yes. Who Winston, is played that's right. by Brian Stokes Mitchell, who's a very prolific Broadway actor, has mm-hmm. a Tony for being in um, Kiss Me Kate. And he was born in Seattle. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's really so, cool. But he has a huge Hummer, and he parks it close enough to Frasier that you know they have a back and forth where Frasier can't get out of the car, and then it leads to this thing where it's basically like Frasier goes to the the condo, condo board, board and gets him so he doesn't park the car and blah blah blah. We'll get to more of that later. But I wanted to tell a story real quick, um, and I'm we're gonna bleep out the name because it does involve a vehicular theft. And I believe the statute of limitations on it is over, but um, we'll go ahead and uh, just in case, block out the name. So when I was dating, you remember, correct? Mm-hmm. So when I was dating, um, this is when we were in college. Everybody. Yes. So over in the, I think it was might have been the North Quad. I don't know what it was called, but it was where Virginia Snyder and all those were. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd have this kind of turnaround, and the big thing was, so, you know, you could tell who was the entitled jerks who would just park their cars, leave them running, and go, you know, block traffic and go do whatever. And we were driving, and one time there was a Hummer who had done this. And so I, I just need to set the the stage a little bit. Thank SMU, you. when I was a freshman, Hummers were the it car. And yeah, I mean it's SMU, so the, it's a bunch of rich people. It's it that, was like the H two had just come yeah. out, and people were super into it. They did not fit in any parking spots. Nope, they were the worst. They and and after my freshman year, the number of Hummers on campus dropped dramatically because Hummer right. people could never find parking spots. Right. So, so 
this this so this Hummer was sitting there, and I was sitting behind them, and like I couldn't get around them, and like every, you know it, it was insane, and and just goes give me a second and jumps out of the car and goes over to their car because they left the car running because yeah they have their flashers of course yeah and she just hopped in and drove it around to there were the two um like if you came out of virginia snyder and turned right and then you kind of could pull in and there were the like smith which was like the the substance free dorm but everybody i knew there was a drug addict uh, mm-hmm. do you oh, know I forgot. yes i forgot like yes, those I two so she drove just over there and i like followed her i was like where's she going and she just parked and like turned it off and like put the keys and the seat and closed it and got back in the car and i was like you kind of just stole that car you kind of just did a joyride i mean granted I it wasn't thought, very far <laughs> it was far I enough i thought you were just gonna say that she like drove through the, the turnaround and then right back so you were able to then drive through and then she drove it right back to where it was oh no she had she no like, intention she was like she wanted them to come out and go like i don't know where my another, car is she took it to another parking lot yeah oh wow yeah hop back in the car i was like this is awesome and I was, it was, you know but it was it was again her name will be bleeped out just in case i think again this being potentially almost 20 years ago now let me just look that up I mean, obviously, what is the the but, statute of limitations on? I really can't wait for this Grand Theft Auto search history. Uh, yeah, <laughs> for vehicular. But as far as I know, I never heard a story of anyone. I'm sure some people did. If they came out, and they're like, "Where the hell's my car?" Um, I just was really hoping this would be a very easy Google, and instead, it's pulling up like the penal code, and. <laughs> I'm like, these are not. Are you laughing at the fact that it's penal? No, I'm laughing at the oh. situation that happened. <laughs> I, I, I'm with you. I thought this was going to be an easy. And, you, and I just imagine going like L.35. And you're like, this isn't what I want. Yeah. I just wanted an answer. <laughs> okay. If, if it's a vehicle worth less than $2,500, it's a misdemeanor. Well, obviously a Hummer's worth so more than not, that. So not, yeah. Um, okay. I don't want carjacking. I don't know if it's full oh. on theft, but like a joyride is a different. I feel like it would oh, be so- a. They have it in here. Yes, joyriding, an unauthorized use of a motor vehicle. Uh, a person commits the crime of unauthorized use of a motor vehicle if they intentionally operate a motor vehicle without the consent of the owner. Mm-hmm. You might hear this being referred to as joyriding. In contrast to the car thief, the joyrider intends to return the vehicle. Oops. For example, a teenager who sneaks out at night using his mother's car and returns home an hour later could be convicted of joyriding. I mean... That's not really what this is, because isn't it something... Okay, well, let me actually look. I think again, it's like, it, it, it wasn't like campus like ut or something where it was way like it was a five minute walk away <laughs> like that's where she parked it, it wasn't right, but like n- knowing what this like n- knowing that area it's not like that person could walk out and see their car further away oh it indeed they hidden. couldn't yes it was hidden yeah. behind the buildings yes um i swear that there was something about the number of feet you move a car that is like what makes it um that like makes it actually theft and you know what i'm guys i listeners if any of you know the statute of limitations <laughs> do we have a lawyer to listen to this we, we, we do yeah. yeah kyle hit me up um i was about to say that kyle was a lawyer i was because my phone's in the other room so i would just text him right now and he would be thrilled um actually do you want me to, I'll just go get my phone and text him let's we'll call just, him oh. let's call him I, put I, him I, on the air Hello, Seattle. This is Kyle. 
We have a question for you, just literally asking for a friend. What is the statute of limitations on stealing a car in Texas? Uh, the statute of limitations on stealing a car in Texas, uh, I don't know. I don't do criminal law that much. Um, the general federal criminal law statute of limitations is five years. Oh. Uh, in Texas state court, um, it's probably like, uh, it is either two years or three to five years, depending on the value of the car and the circumstances. Okay. So somebody who perhaps in college moved a Hummer that was running to another parking spot so they could get by this college being approximately 20 years ago. We don't really need to worry about that person getting into trouble at this point. You, you don't. And with statute of limitations, including with crimes, there's a thing that's called the discovery rule, which means if you don't have all of the knowledge available you, to you to discover the crime or other cause of action occurred, it doesn't accrue until the time in which a reasonable person would have discovered it. But that obviously is not the case here. That would have been discovered immediately. Got it. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Please don't bill me for this. Let, let me know if we have to put you on retainer for Craniacs. Well, yeah, my retainer is less than Frasier, so I'm uh, happy to do it. But I hope you guys have a great rest of your recording session. Thank you so much, Kyle. Talk Bye, to you Kyle. <laughs> I love that I, it's, I, we're live on, on Craniacs. No, we're not. <laughs> there is no live on Craniacs. I, I, I wanted to um, also... Wait, what was I just? Oh, when he was like, "I don't do criminal law." I wanted to be like, "Aren't all lawyers crooks?" Oh my god! <laughs> just because I love a good lawyer joke. But anyway, um, anyway, back to Cam Winston and his Hummer. Yes, we. It, regardless, I'm still I'm still bleeping out her name. However, <laughs> oh yes, yes, yes. I think you should. Um, um. So can I just say I identified with Fraser so much as to when somebody parks too close to you and you're like, I can't get out of my car to the point that I had a notepad that I bought at like. Barnes and Noble or something that was called parking violations. And it had a list of things you could check off. One of them being parked so close the driver had to exit out passenger side. I would leave that on people's cars. We had a guy, this is so stupid. We had a guy at a band party one time who was really drunk and just his name his name was Ryan. No, it was well, yes. And then also another guy. But this guy uh started going around the thing and he would like he'd be like, hey, you're not drinking enough here and he'd like write something on a pad of paper to be like not drinking enough five dollars also for joss josh and he started writing tickets and i think for his birthday we got him like a fake ticket book that said like also for josh like hey um, you don't look like you're having enough fun cheer up two dollars also for josh um w w without going too much into my job i have to um answer a lot of questions at times from people where the answers are very obvious and very easy and have often already been conveyed to them but people don't read things and i i kind of want to always want to put in like an out of office that we have like if you continue to email with questions that have already been answered your account will be charged five dollars <laughs> <laughs> so the cam in order to get back at Frazier, which I didn't quite understand. This is a funny thing because they were talking about America. I, what did Frazier say? And then the flag dropped down behind him. Yeah. Well, yeah, he was trying to, it was, it was something yes, where he was like, this is America. And then, and then a like, flag, the flag dropped yeah. down. And it's Cam has started displaying, because he's the upstairs neighbor of, of mm -hmm. Frazier. He starts displaying a flag. So Frazier can't see out of his, his apartment. 
And we have to remember that this is January 2002. September 11th was like four months earlier. Oh, jeez. So yeah, yeah, was yeah. very like when everybody displayed flags. Everybody was wearing flag stuff. Flags were places you never saw them before. Well, don't they start chanting like, go live in Iraq to Frazier at one point? Yes. yes. Well, yeah. They, Which they tell did them, not like, age well. No. Well, I mean, I don't know because it's those people are meant to look like foolish. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was a weird thing, but it was and also like eating out of Cam Winston's hand. Everything yes. he says, they're just like, yes, of course. Oh, yes. I will be honest. This Winston. this plot line was the only thing that made me laugh in these two episodes. Really, I mean, I enjoy it because it's Frazier just getting such a serving of his own medicine. Yes, uh, and remember, he's the one who called the police on Cam's party. Right. So it's like. Okay, yeah, like you, you reap what you sow. You didn't don't have good neighborly relationships with people. Right. I, I it was just also funny watching him like not be able to dig himself out from this like under this 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 level of patriotism. And then Cam like singing like I've had American the Beautiful stuck in my head during this whole like recording. But like Cam, you know, trying to getting everyone to sing and then like Fraser doing it, no one's doing it. And they're just sitting there, they're like, Oh yes, lighting's very important. But when they, but when they yes. started going like maybe you can go to your apartment in Iraq, I was like, okay guys. <laughs> let's let's pump the brakes. Because we're living it. in the world that is the result of this unbridled patriotism. So, yes. yeah. Yes. Um, I, I did, though, find it so funny when, you know, Cam Winston, played by Brian Stokes Mitchell, who's a baritone, just starts singing America the Beautiful. <laughs> and everybody starts joining in. I was like, oh, my God, I remember this time when there were, like, so many other songs we all, like, sang all the time at, like, high school football games. I hate proud to be american i hate that song i hate it so much okay i i'd, I'd actually the, now stop proud to be an american. american that one i don't want to sing too much because I, I do not want to pay that jerk um but i, I oh I, I don't have strong feelings about that song um it's it's not I hate so it. when i think i think of things like um america the beautiful and my country tis of thee like those are the like the to me the uh like national anthem adjacent songs proud right. to be an american and like um some other ones money grab that, yes when it's like a recording artist song or something um that's when i'm like oh i don't really consider those like you know well i do feel like um around that time that guy had that that song had kind of lost popularity Mm -hmm. i also growing up like we uh, boy this is gonna come off whatever but we were part of a country club that always did july 4th fireworks and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. they would play um speeches by former presidents, and that sounds like a great party. Well, hold on. well they play other stuff, but they do space. Well, here, hold on, because they wouldn't play Bill Clinton, and we thought it was because he was the recent president. You know, it's like mm-hmm. it's because he's the recent president between past presidents, but the past presidents were Reagan and H. W. Bush. So then, when we went to one, I think the one of two thousand. They certainly did play a George W. Um, speech, and my dad was like, you know, m- my dad, the the biggest Democrat in all of Dallas <laughs> in the '90s, was like, "This is BS." <laughs> like, really got mad about it. But that's just that's that's the time I heard that song the most. Is they would play it every year, but I feel like everywhere else it was going down, and then all of a sudden, you know, like nine eleven happens, and this guy is like not thinking, like, "Oh, what's happened to our country?" He's thinking, "All right, <laughs> second go around. Here we go. I'm gonna start getting." money again i will say beyonce i think does a cover of it and it's it's really good okay 
that, which is unfortunate because that guy still gets money, even though Beyonce. Whatever. He can go get money wherever. I, I don't care. If he, I just don't want to hear it out of his dumb mouth. It's not a very good singing voice. If I got to hear it at all, I would rather hear it out of the beautiful pipes of Beyonce Knowles. So. Yeah, Knowles, Knowles Carter. Knowles Beyonce Knowles Carter. Um, that that's fair. That's fair. Um, so I, I, as I said, we do see Brian Stokes Mitchell again. So this is just mm-hmm. is like setting up the, this kind of new arc character in the show, um, that we've been, after we've heard about him for a little bit, we finally get to see him. Um, and I, I don't know. I like somebody who, as you said, is devious, but is devious in such a Fraser way. Yes. Like if he was like, uh, uh like, do you remember when like those, neighbors moved in across the street from uh the modern family family and they were like they had like a pot place it was like steve's on and something else they had like a Mm -hmm. boat and like like next door yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and they the whole thing was like eventually they became really good friends with them but like at first they were so different that they were like who are these people like that's not as funny to me as like the dissonance of this guy being slightly not Frazier and it being, but Frazier, like, you know, obviously these are two people who have the same thing. I like them coming together. At the end, we're like, all right, what do you want? He's like, I want my parking space back. And he's like, well, I can't just get rid of the flag. He's like, all right, we'll put it on the top of the building. Yeah. Yeah. I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that too. Also the fact that Cam seems to be saying he got a Hummer only because to, to make Frazier mad, to, to block him into his parking spot. I have to say, though, when I used to live in an apartment building where we had assigned parking spots, so we parked next to the same people all the time. Mm-hmm. It was a problem. I, I, I was like, Frazier, one side was a wall, and the other side was the car next to me. So I have to be like, look, well, you like, also, I have nowhere to go. You but. never, you like, I, it's like having a neighbor where you're guaranteed to never have a good interaction. Mm-hmm. You know? Speaking of neighbors and apartment buildings, listeners may remember that I have been displeased about my next door neighbors who put their trash out on like Fridays <laughs> and we don't have trash pickup until Sunday. Like we don't have enough Friday and Saturdays. They should just take their trash around the corner. Well, we, this weekend they sent an email that we're not having trash pickup until Tuesday because of Memorial day. Their trash was out on Friday. Listeners. I left them a note. Was it from the same notebook that you have in your car? Or? No, I don't, I don't have that notebook in okay. my car anymore, but um, no, I said, um, like FYI, there's no trash pickup on Friday or Saturday. Please take this trash to the chute, you know, on the other side of the of the building, on the other side of this floor. You have a chute on the other side of the building, and these people still live their trash out like that. Thank you. Yes, for them, it is. They okay. have to go down one point three hallways. That makes it, it even more of a problem. I was thinking like they didn't want to like take it all the way down, which I didn't understand. I was like, you still shouldn't have your your stuff out, but like, give me a freaking break. <laughs> And then I said, no one wants to smell your trash all weekend. Ooh. And then and did you draw like a little pile I, I, with stink lines? No, I put a smiley face. Just to be like, <laughs> no one, no one, no one wants to smell your trash all weekend. Passive. This is definitely a, a girl who drew, who grew up in, in, in Dallas writing like, <laughs> no one smell your trash all weekend. Ting. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, it's true. Like. No, I'm with you. And it's I, even worse knowing that they could that it's a, a walk that doesn't require stairs or waiting for an elevator. Give me a break. And they've started I mean, our building has started saying that they're gonna give out lease violations if you are like leaving or putting your trash out on a Friday that's not picked up till Sunday or like mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, can I see a record of the lease violations this apartment's gotten? Well, Laurel, I know and, and listeners in particular, I know we still have stuff to talk about with the moons, but 
I'm going to go ahead and say that this trash conversation was way more interesting than anything we had to say about the moons in this episode. Yeah, it's I, just, I, I would agree. So I'd let's agree with that. do we want to just like, do you have any LOLs on either of these I episodes? I do have some LOLs. Thank you. Um, well, when when Roz, after she takes Niles's ties downstairs and she comes back upstairs and they're like, we're moving in together and everything. And Roz is like, I'm so glad I moved that seat and everything got grease <laughs> on myself. And I was like, I'll go down and get the ties. And he and Daphne start to like look at each other really amorously and yes. i was like i'll get the ties i yeah. that actually made me laugh um when fraser's recounting the condo uh meeting to martin and martin says i don't know like you sound kind of like a jerk and he's like well i'm not orating right now <laughs> um and then uh oh just when daphne's um, mom says she's thinking of leaving because she's and she says to niles you and daphne aren't the most exciting i don't know i just thought that there's some reason that just like really made me yeah laugh i hated i hate her mom like as much as i hate simon i at least simon's kind of a fool her mom just sucks yeah yeah and it, i kind of like you said you don't want to go into things because it's gonna like yeah you know, it, it, it reminds me of like people in my life who are like they just never want to be happy they're always going yeah. to be complaining about something and i'm just like oh those people are exhausting right um, I, mean, I would love to talk a little bit more about like Niles and Daphne living together, but I feel like we've also covered a lot of it. I, just I it also feel they... like this is the status quo going forward, so we'll pick it up again. Yeah. Just know that for another an upcoming episode, I want to talk about people having to hide the fact that they live together from their parents. Because I, I don't have a story of that. Don't worry, Mom and Dad. I didn't live <laughs> wink, with wink. somebody. <laughs> that Your you friend Bloral. <laughs> My friend Coral. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, I, I, have, I have stories about that, that I want to talk about. But... Do we want to rate this episode? I mean, this I guess we have to. That's how I feel about it. Um, I'll give it. I, I will never watch these episodes again. I am gonna unless I will watch clips of Cam, and for that, I'm gonna give this a two foot rubs. I did not care about this at all. It saw it found me in a very bad place. I think the only reason it gets two is because Cam was in it, and I feel like Cam's gonna become a. a uh, 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 well, a Ryan favorite. I was gonna say a fan favorite, but a but a me favorite. So, okay, so this I'm gonna give it five dressing gowns. Okay, because you know I love episodes that further relationships. And I mm-hmm. think we did some real work with the Niles and Daphne relationship here, and Cam. Like, yes, that was that was great. Um, so yeah. Well. If you guys have uh, a secret relationship you want to tell us about, if you've committed vehicular uh, theft and want to, you know, the statute of limitations is out and you want to confess it, let us know on the air. Seattle area code 206-657-6986. Have we talked about on the air that uh, I, ha- I started a new job with a Seattle company? So I'll probably be out there taking pictures and visiting the, uh, the the podcast I mean, you have told me mecca <laughs> i don't believe i don't believe seattle uh the craniacs know this when we go out i'll have to definitely see if there's any fraser things i can take pictures of and post but yeah it's, like i said give us a call at seattle area code 206-657-6986 i have to start from the beginning of my whole spiel so i can get it going um <laughs> so there's an email craniacs at gmail.com that's c-r-a-n-e-i-a-c-s at craniacs on twitter craniacs a fraser podcast on facebook Get at us wherever you get your uh, your podcast, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast. I've moved back to Overcast now. I got off, sp- off Spotify, except for there's a few. Spotify has some originals that I still listen on there yes. that are good. Yeah. Um, but I'm back on Overcast. It's going pretty well. Um, but yeah, let us know uh, if 
And wherever you get your podcast, give us the highest review possible, a five-star review. If you think uh, you're like, maybe I want to give them a four-star review because I got nothing going on right now. Well, wait. Get your hands off that, uh, you know, that, what I guess, the your screen of your phone and listen to this other suggestion from Laura of what you could do instead. Guys. <laughs> this is more, if you're like, mm I don't know if they're five stars. I think they're less than five stars. I'm going to give you something else to do so you know what less than five stars is like. And that is watch the, I believe, 1985, 1986 movie St. Elmo's Fire, which I watched for the first time this weekend. I I just, I always heard about it. I love that song. Okay, the song, all by the way, is like the only thing that plays in the movie. It's the only score. It's the only song. It plays continuously throughout the movie. (laughs) The movie is terrible it have, does not age well at all i'm just gonna I, i'm not gonna go into every character's story in there because you don't care um and you need to watch the movie so you know what something that deserves less than five stars is i'm just gonna tell you about emilio estevez's character arc which is he runs into a woman who had been a senior when he was a freshman in college decides that he is obsessed with her um and wants to date her and i'm not making any of this up um stalks her at work, um, throws a party, invites her to it. She doesn't go because she is like four years older than him and doesn't, didn't really ever know him. Like they, maybe they'd gone on like one date his freshman year. That's, I feel like the only thing you maybe, um, catch on to. He, when she doesn't come to the party, he calls, she's a doctor. He calls the hospital that she's at repeatedly, tells them it's an emergency and they have to put me through to her because he has to get thrown this whole party just for her. She doesn't come. Turns out she is skiing with her boyfriend. He goes to her apartment where he finds out she's skiing with her boyfriend. Drives to the mountains to the mountain lodge where she and her boyfriend are staying. Laurel cannot possibly get closer to the camera, y'all. Guys, <laughs> it was horrifying. Now, like, is this all? This is all obviously played as this man is a creep, and the audience should treat him as a creep, and we all hate him. Correct. As- it's seen no it's seen as isn't this adorable <laughs> it's not at all seen as though this is normal but it's like isn't this adorable kirby has such a crush on this woman look at the lengths he's going to go to right it's not going to spoiler he doesn't end up with her like but which i'm glad i'm glad they weren't they didn't make it seem like but at one point he oh oh he follows her at one point when she leaves the hospital to a party like like a very nice like ballet party and stuff and looks in the window until he sees her it's pouring down rain walks through the party in the rain and comes up to her and what does she do she takes him back to her apartment so he can dry off and i'm like do not tell him where you live <laughs> guys and the, the the woman is played by a very young andy mcdowell she is perhaps the highlight is because she just looks the most andy oh, mcdowellist wow. ever and no i, I just her- knew james spader was in this that's all i know uh, isn't he no you might be thinking of, um, uh, is it Pretty in Pink or some kind of wonderful? Oh, I thought he was in St. Elmo's Fire. I mean, I might have just thought he was in St. Elmo's Fire. I would have been really disappointed if I watched this movie and I'm like, where's James Spader the I don't whole think time? he's, no, it's like Jed Nelson, Emilio Estevez, Rob Lowe, um, Andrew McCarthy. Those are the four main guys in it. I don't know what I was thinking then. Uh, but that sounds all, that sounds, I mean, there's a lot of those eighties ones that are like, isn't it cute that the guy's doing this? And it's like, now we're like, no, because all of those are like red flags for like the very first, like 
him following her to that party. I was like, she need, anyone else would put a restraining order out against him. Man, I don't know what I was thinking of. He's not in this. Let me pull up James Spader real th- quick and think of what 80s thing I thought he was in. The Blacklist, no. <laughs> yeah, because what I named were the two like other Brad Pat movies that I didn't see. And the thing is, this isn't a John Hughes movie. Some yes. of those movies like are John Hughes movies. Maybe so. it's a John Hughes. I'll figure it out. We'll put it up somewhere. But... Uh... I would love to hear other people's thoughts on St. Animal's Fire, especially if you saw it when you were younger or you saw it closer to the time that it came out. Because I'm really wondering how much of it is the fact that this movie is almost 40 years old. And a lot of things from 40 years ago just didn't age well. Absolutely. Well, check that out, guys, and and get a real gauge of what a what a less than five stars piece of of, of entertainment is, and and realize that Craniacs rises far above, as we've said this whole time, Craniacs better than Saint Elmo's Fire. That's the log line <laughs> for our podcast. But uh, guys, we'll see you next time. I'm Ryan. I'm Laurel, and we're listening. Bye, y'all.